Welcome back, everybody, to the Jim Brockmeyer Podcast. I am your host, former Major League Baseball announcer, and the only man other than Rod Beck to know what Rod Beck's mustache smells like. You can go ahead and Google him and his facial hair, kids. I am Jim Brockmeyer. I am here with my co-host, the lovely and talented Sheena Dodd. Hello, Sheena. Hey, Brockmeyer. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Well, I'll be honest with you. I felt like a big sack of crap the last several days. Why is that? I don't know if you heard, but Jeopardy is currently trying out a bunch of new hosts, and one of the upcoming hosts this summer is going to be Joe Buck. Yeah, I gathered that from your nonstop 3 a.m. text storm, and I take it you're still upset? Yeah, most definitely. Look, I'm used to watching that egomaniacal big toe getting opportunities handed to him that he does not deserve because getting work in broadcasting is all about who you know and and joe buck is very close friends with the devil right yeah but jeopardy that's not even about sports it's a game show i mean how many tv jobs does this guy have to have before he says enough is enough i mean how many yachts can he water ski behind his appetite for power is just insatiable i've said it before i'm going to say it again a policy of appeasement with Joe Buck will not work. We all saw what happened when we gave uh, Hitler a quarter of Poland. Brockmeyer, I cannot keep having this argument with you. Joe Buck is not Hitler. Yeah, not yet he's not. But talk to me later when he blitzkriegs VH1 and starts hosting RuPaul's Drag Race, because that's going to happen. I see what's happening. You're jealous because you want to host Jeopardy. No, no, I don't want to host Jeopardy. Really? I, no, I really don't. I want to be a contestant on Jeopardy while Joe Buck is hosting so I can repeatedly buzz in with answers like, eh, what is the time I finger-blasted Joe Buck's grandma for 500 Yeah, you probably wouldn't win Jeopardy that way. Yeah, well, it would be a moral victory. Anyway, that's why I'm studying ancient European history so I can pass that test and get on the show and do that. How's that going? Uh, it's extremely boring. It's uh, almost, but not quite as boring as actually listening to Joe Buck, coincidentally. But, uh, all right, we got a podcast to do, and honestly, I'm already feeling a little bit better. I vented, and also, our guest today is just a wonderful guy. He's the host of the Rich Eisen Show on Peacock. You can catch him regularly as well on the NFL Network. It is Rich Peacock. I mean, Rich Network. I mean, Rich Eisen. What am I saying? My goodness. Sorry about that, Rich. Rich Eisen. How are you, Jim? I'm very well, thank you. I, sorry about that fumble. You can see it was, it's an easy mistake to make, though. You are iconically associated with those companies. And by that, I mean, of course, your horrible corporate shill. But it's a pleasure to have you here with us. <laughs> Jim, it's an honor. You know how I feel about you. You know how I've, I've felt about your journey and seeing what's gone on with you and your life and what you've made of it. You know, it's just like I said, it's, it's a total honor to be here. Thank you, Rich. I'm so glad you can be here. And boy, you've been so kind to me throughout the years. You've been nice enough to have me on your show so many times before, even when my chips were way, way down. Yes. And I just, I want to return the favor, you know, because in all my years of broadcasting, few experiences have made me feel more like a big shot entertainer than chatting sports with you in front of a scrim in El Segundo, you know. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Rich Eisen Studio, it's a very unique place because it's one of the few nondescript buildings near the airport in L.A. with the <laughs> windows cheaply blacked out. That is not a sex shop. It is not a sex shop, but you do make your show there. Rich, first question for you. Yes. How often would you say that you've had people wandering onto your set asking where the dildos are? <laughs> that has not happened yet, uh, Jim, but, you know, we're we're still going strong. 
seven plus years. You never know if security might be lax enough for somebody to come and, and ask for that. Uh, but you, you did set the tone when you came on. I think it was either your last appearance or the second to last appearance where you accused Musburger of stealing your, your line of for all the Tostitos because that's what you used to say when you climaxed inside of a woman. And um, <laughs> that's what we call a tone setter. It did spark a feud with Brent that I was uh, in the middle of. Uh, and again, an honor to do that. So uh, there's still time, essentially, is my long-winded answer to your question. You know where the dildos are? Wherever Mutzberger is, that's where the dildos are. <laughs> but, you know, I think you could be missing a money-making opportunity here, Rich. You should slap your show's logo on the base of a butt plug. Just, and it can say the Rich Eisen Show, keeping you plugged into the world of sports. That's not a bad idea. I need to run that up the flagpole, if you will, and see who salutes. No charge for that. There'll be a lot of suggestions like that today, Rich. So I didn't know I was going to take notes during this conversation, but now I need to get a pen and pad. Well, it's being recorded. This is modern technology, so you can just play <laughs> it back later. Now, your show, Rich, as I mentioned, is on, on Peacock. Uh-oh. Which I recently found out. I was told it's a, what is it, Sheena? What do the kids call this? It's a streaming service or a, a streamer. streaming service. Yes, and boy, oh boy, do they have sports. They've got you. They've got uh, what? What do they got on there, Sheena? What else? They got like rugby. They've right. got figure skating. Right, Swedish log rolling as well. I think it's the go-to sports network for weird Europeans, is what it is. And so now, when you walk into some place like a Ukrainian grocery store, do you feel like a big celeb in that moment? Are people whispering, "Oh, look, there is American football man. He wears lovely sweaters. Look at him." Does that happen? That hasn't happened yet. Again, uh, there's still time. Um, as we know, not many store. I don't walk into too many stores these days. I'm masked up a little bit, Jim. So I don't know how recognized I will be in any uh, European stores or anything like that. But my show's on after Dan. And Dan Patrick's one of your guests coming up. So right. maybe he'll have a better sense of some world's strongest man fan audience that might actually dovetail with ours on Peacock. Listen, I'm not denigrating it. I've got a huge Eastern European fan base due to my years calling the Lithuanian wife-carrying contest. Uh, you can Google that as well. It is a real thing. Whenever I walk into a Polish study, Rich, uh, people ask me to autograph their wives. It's awkward. <laughs> Uh, and their kielbasas. But uh, they are wonderful fans to have, in, in all seriousness. If you want somebody poisoned or you need help uh, giving pink eye to Bob Costas, they'll hook you right up. They're, they're wonderful <laughs> people. So speaking of, uh, what is it again, Gina? What do they do over there at Peacock? It's a, a streaming service. Streaming, right. Not steaming. They're not steaming. No. no, they're streaming. Okay. So the NFL made that deal to move Thursday Night Football to Amazon. That's right, right? That's correct. Yes, they're going to start in two years from now. So they got two more years on Fox with another one of your guests, Joe Buck. Right. Um, he'll be calling those games, and then um, he'll go back to his regularly scheduled broadcasts on Thursday with his wife or whatever he's doing. And, uh, and his kids, and um, and then it moves to Amazon. Yeah, that because that's just what we need is more more Joe Buck. But but what what are your uh, <laughs> what are your, what are your thoughts on this move to Thursday night? Do you think that it's the NFL adapting to the times, or is it just two large organizations coming together over a shared love for disregarding the health and safety of their workers? Which is it? Well, I'm I'm going to choose the former um, rather than the latter. Um, I'll do that. Because you're the aforementioned horrible corporate shill, but go ahead. Well, you know what? I guess I need to be on brand then for you, Jim. Um, I don't know how many kids you have. Do you know where they are all located these days? 
I know of, uh, you know how they say that the average American home had, I think it was like 2.7 children or something like that? Yes. I actually have 2.7 children, <laughs> literally. Uh, one of them is 0. 0.7. <laughs> So, um, point seven, um, your youngest—that's <laughs> his, that's his um, name. And, point and seven, the, right? So, so point seven, your youngest, and the other two, uh, if they're like my three full whole children, they are no longer really watching much that is straight up on cable or satellite. They're going straight to the old uh, Apple TV, straight to the streamer, and they're also used to watching something on their iPads or a phone, and so. Where are the relics, Jim? Where are the dinosaurs in this whole thing? I'm sure many people right now are listening to us on a mobile device. I mean, you're doing a podcast. Look at you. You're actually changing with the times as well. Yeah, it's it's a radio show. It's a radio show. I don't care. I know I had they had they brought in some millennial that wasn't Sheena to explain it to me for like 28 minutes like what a podcast is versus a radio show, and I still didn't get it. But I I think in a blackout drunk I agreed to do it. But you're okay. I, I'm fair enough about the streaming and the steaming and the Cleveland steamers and and the Amazon streamers. But you're an NFL insider. Yes, sir. Could you maybe get me a job calling Amazon's Thursday night? Streaming, I mean, I know what it takes to be an Amazon employee, Rich. I am desperate for work, and it will not be the first time that I've pissed in a bottle and pooped in a plastic bag. Because I used to do that all the time, just so I'd have something to throw at Joe Buck's car. And when I say his car, I mean his stupid face. So, do you have Prime? Are you already a Prime member? I think that's that's probably the first thing. Just actually subscribe to the service that you're suggesting I start there? Yes, uh, yes, because it would be embarrassing if I you know, if I pound the table for you and then they find out you don't even use their service. You know what I'm saying? Like if you thought you were calling games for an actual rainforest in the Southern hemisphere, you know what I mean? Like, which is, I think I actually did do that way after baseball. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things I actually That's did what do. you, I mean, understood. I mean, you've been all over and you've been there and done that. Yeah. Those rainforest contests, they get hairy. There's some bitter, bitter rivalries. I called a fight between an anaconda and a toucan that was just so brutal. David Attenborough told me that he could never eat Fruit Loops again in good conscience. That's how traumatized he was. Yeah. I mean, I guess, again, you'd have to get that all buttoned up before I reached out on your behalf. And I guess I'd go, I would probably go straight to Bezos. I would probably go straight to the very top. So in this scenario you're creating, I subscribe to Amazon, then you go right to Jeff Bezos. There's a, a tremendous, yes. uh, it's, yeah. it's a, what a sequence of events gets initiated by me signing up for this stupid, uh, ridiculous service that the kids insist on. Correct, yeah. like, but that's my, that's, I, I only know one way to do things. Well, let's get serious. Now, your workload is about to get heavier yes. because uh, the NFL has added a 17th game. This what, what, what did they call it? They didn't call it adding a game. What they, again, Sheena, what term do we got now? An enhanced season structure. Enhanced season structure. Boy, I love that, Rich. That's like your boss coming in and saying, no, no, no. We're not asking you to work overtime tonight. We're giving you an enhanced dinner alternative. <laughs> oh, no, no. You didn't just have a workplace injury. You just have differentiated spinal cord possibilities now. <laughs> I mean, so why not just say bigger schedule? I mean, you're the face of this network. I mean, I lo- NFL corporate, they, I love that they're using the same linguistic tools as penis pill commercials now. You're like, oh, natural male enhancement. Sounds pretty good, because who doesn't want their junk in hands? Just say junk in hands. Just say it. Right. Rich, what did you call When you got your junk in hands, what did you call it? Uh, I extends. 
Oh, you, what you, I called you, it. That's what you called it? Was that the product? You have to say extends and then really lay on the Z. At least that's the way I, I called it. But to answer your question, it is straight out of the pantheon of wardrobe malfunction. You know what I mean? Like it is, yeah. it is an interesting way to say we're making everyone play an extra game, um, which is what they're going to do. And the reason why they're going to do that is in order to make uh, all the money like they just did with the contracts on Amazon and things like that for a hundred billion with a B dollars, you got to expand the brand a little bit too. So 17th game, which means everything's delayed an extra week and fans who have constantly been saying, you know, in the 18 years I've done NFL network, the amount of times I've lost track that I heard people say that they wished the day after the Super Bowl was a national holiday. Well, now the Super Bowl will be President's Day weekend, and the Monday after the Super Bowl will, in fact, be a national holiday. What bothers me the most uh, is that getting rid of the preseason game and adding a regular season game is, it, well, as you just said, it's very obviously about money, but they're pretending that, no, no, this is actually in the health interest of the players. Sheena, what, what was the, read that quote from Goodell about this. Read this. Okay, so Goodell said... What we're looking to do here is taking the data, the highest rate of injuries is actually in a preseason game of any of our games. What we're actually doing is following the data, following mm -hmm. the science to make sure that we're doing things from a health and safety standpoint. Yeah, because watch out, Bill Nye, the science guy. Here comes Roger Gadella, the science fella. So what he's implying here, Rich, is that the human body knows when it's a regular season game and when it's a preseason game. Do you believe that the human body has that power, Rich? Do you believe that? I do. You I do? do? Yes. <laughs> like, do. Corporate chill. Richard, <laughs> Richard Eisen, that is generally <laughs> I do believe the body does know if it is the Snoopy Bowl between the Jets and the Giants and late in the preseason in September, in August and uh, December. I, you know, I believe it as well. I agree. I actually, I agree with you, all kidding aside. I think when it's a preseason game, uh, your bones soften and your tendons relax and your skull splits into little pieces like a little <laughs> tiny baby. And you're more susceptible to injuries because your body knows that the ad revenue for that game is way, way down. And it goes like, oh, why should I put in the effort here? That's why there's third string quarterbacks playing most of the games. It's because the first and second stringers, their bodies realized that it was a preseason game and they went into immediate organ failure. So, uh, you know, kudos to Goodell for getting this one right. All right, well, enough goofing around here, Rich. We, we want to talk about the NFL draft with you. And also, now we're going to get serious because you are covering it again this year. Congratulations, Rich Eisen, NFL draft. So now are things pretty much back to normal after the weirdo COVID draft of last year? Um, it's going to be held in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm unfamiliar with just how a socially distant in-person draft is going to look like but they're having it. There's going to be 10 prospects who have agreed to go with their families and entourages to the draft. Just 10. Just 10. Just hmm. 10. Because I imagine they've got to put a limit on the number of people who, who could be allowed in person to be there. And there might be some, you know, prospects who, who, who have been planning on having 10, 12, 15, 20 people and want to do it back home or what have you. And um, the intrigue is high for this year's draft because of the number of quarterbacks that we're expecting to go in succession at the very top of it, Jim. Before we get to that, yes. do people have to show their vaccine card before they can boo Roger Goodell? Is that protocol now? I don't think so. I need to look at that. Now, well, let me ask you this. 
Are you going to miss anything about last year's crazy draft? Because it was kind of special seeing all the coaches' homes when they made the picks. Getting that glimpse of Jerry Jones's yacht was just amazing. And it didn't it just look exactly like the type of place you kick back and relax when you're a James Bond villain? <laughs> I mean, he had the cowboy, he had the star eye patch, and he was stroking, gently stroking a baby cheetah. Didn't you enjoy that? No, I think you, you watched the wrong channel, Jim. That was not the draft. That was Dr. No, I think you were watching. <laughs> you might be right. I also thought it was suspicious when he shot a laser at Mike McCarthy's testicles. The real James Bond background was actually Cliff Kingsbury, the coach of the Arizona Cardinals, who looked like he, you know, he's, he was dressed like James Bond, essentially, chilling out in his in his Arizona digs with like a, a fire pit going on in the background. He looked cozy. Were you surprised by anybody besides his, like... I was expecting Andy Reid's home to look a lot more like uh, the inside of a Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, you know? The camera probably just wasn't angled right, but anybody else surprise you? Could have been that. Uh, Belichick's Nantucket Kitchen, which is the name of my fantasy team. Is it really? <laughs> it's a good fantasy team name. <laughs> the avatar is yeah. his, his dog, Nike, sitting at the uh, at the table. I kind of dig that. I, I had a lot of fun with that. Obviously, the reason why it happened is not fun, but I really enjoyed that. As By the way, so did the coaches and general managers who didn't have to go travel somewhere and be away from their family, that their kids are sitting there while they pick their uh, their team, like fantasy football. It was cool to see. It was actually a lot of fun. And uh, you think Bill Belichick uh, has had uh, natural male enhancement? You think he's had that done? <laughs> what do you, what do you, well, you seem to be what? very in the know about his personal life. Do you, you, I mean, yes or no? Let me put it to you. Has he had it? I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I have not, uh, I have not asked. I can ask if you'd like. Yeah, please do. And, and ask if he's had any unnatural male enhancement, like, like adding a sleeveless foreskin or something. Yeah, go to Bezos about the Amazon thing and go to Belichick about the enhancement. That's why I have a pen and pad writing this stuff down. All right. So now, as you mentioned earlier, there's been a very big buildup to this draft. A lot of trades, a lot of drama. Sheena, remind us of what we have to look forward to coming up here in the draft. Right. So like you said, the draft is going down next week in Cleveland and the Jacksonville Jaguars new head coach Urban Meyer has all but confirmed that the first overall pick will be Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. That's right. The New York Jets have the second pick and it's widely assumed that they'll be taking BYU quarterback Zach Wilson, who recently drew national attention for his impressive pro day performance. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Now, see, Zach Wilson, he seems like the most logical, obvious choice. I know you've been talking a lot about this lately. Mm -hmm. So, because it's so logical and obvious, it seems very likely to me that the Jets will draft almost anybody else. <laughs> so, Rich, now you're a Jets fan. How do you keep your composure during the broadcast of the NFL draft, waiting to see how your team will screw it up? I mean, it must feel like knowing the exact date and time you're going to be in a car accident. Is that how it feels for you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm actually wearing a seatbelt for that moment. Jim. So it's very uh, apropos that you would uh, hit me with that analogy. Um, it is quite something that every two, three years or so, I seem to be back in the position of having uh, my professional demeanor wash over the heart being uh, lumped in my throat over this thing. And the wild thing is that Jets fans keep on pushing the same rock up the same hill, uh, Jim, and this time around, it is the hearts and minds and hopes of Jets fans are placed into a quarterback, as you know, Sheena just pointed out, is from BYU. And I would proper say 99% of New Yorkers 
have not seen a single BYU game in their entire life. That's going to be an interesting aspect of it for Jet fans. That The first time they'll ever see Zach Wilson play a game from start to finish will be week one of the 2021 season. Well, it's for that reason, a related reason, that I really hope they do get Zach Wilson. Because now they have a Mormon QB. and They've already got a Muslim head coach. That's just how they need to go. If the Jets are going to turn it around, they're going to need the help of every possible god in the pantheon. <laughs> they should draft a Buddhist offensive lineman and a Wiccan running back and maybe just a linebacker carrying a Ouija board or something. Just everything, anything and everything you can. Eventually, they will hit the right religion, I suppose. If you do involve every possible deity, you don't leave a stone unturned. That's a good point, Jim. This is why you have such keen football analysis. This is why you've had all that staying power, despite your ups and downs. Um, I think you're right. Seriously, though, if I know the Jets fan base, they will they gladly forsake whatever god they worship for an AFC championship. I mean, I know you would. I'm sure you would. Halfway through last season, most of New York Sports Talk Radio, which is people calling in to suggest different ways to sacrifice Adam Gase over the team logo. <laughs> you know, they were going to go on Mayan on him, you know, and rightly so. Now, the first pick, though, is kind of boring because we all know what that's going to be. Trevor Lawrence, boy, he seems destined for greatness with his just his golden flowing hair. It looks mm-hmm. like the legendary warrior Achilles if he worked at, like, Van's skate shop or something. <laughs> What do you think, if anything, what could stop him from succeeding in in Jacksonville? What would be a stumbling block for him? Oh, I don't see one. I think he's going to be great. I think he's just going to be amazing. And that's why Urban Meyer decided to come off the, you know, set of his television career because he knew this kid was coming. And also, I'm sure he got paid an insane amount of money from the Jaguars. I think this is a a great – pairing for Jacksonville, and I think they're going to be successful, Jim. I really do. Yeah, I think the only thing that can maybe stop Trevor Lawrence would be the alligators down there. I think that... I uh, forgot about that. Well, because there's long hair. That's another thing for them to bite and reach and grab onto. So you got to cut off all that hair, I think. Get a nice Jacksonville haircut, like a buzz cut with a scalp tattoo that says uh, QAnon on it. (laughs) I... I did forget, you know, like, you know, you're, you're right. The old, the old saw in our business is when you're, you're wondering how a draft strategy and how a team building strategy could fall apart. You've got to think about it, the amphibian factor, the indigenous amphibian factor, uh, and reptiles. I forgot about that. You're just, again, showing me the ropes, Jim. And um, that's part of the reason why I decided to do this pod. You asked, and you know, I knew I'd pick something up to take with me. You mentioned Urban Meyer. Uh, if I was Trevor Lawrence, I would be quite worried. Why? Not because not that I'm going to fall in the draft, of course, but because Urban Meyer likes me. That's why. That's that can't be a good sign. <laughs> Urban Meyer has a history of befriending bullies and racists and domestic abusers. If I was Trevor Lawrence, I'd be like, oh no, do I have a darkness within me that only Urban can see? I mean, when he when he shakes my hand, does he see a terrible future like Christopher Walken in the Dead Zone? You know, like the ice is going to break. Does, I mean. Wouldn't you be a little bit scared if Urban Meyer liked you? I would. If he told me he liked me, I would just assume he knows about the time that I tricked Tim Kirchin into eating a piece of cat poop. How did that affect him? Tim Kirchin? Yeah. Uh, I feel bad about it. Did you know that that's a true story? Did you know about that? 
No. What? I t- yeah, I told Tim that it was a Tootsie Roll that Sandy Koufax had in his pocket when he threw a pitch to, <laughs> I don't know, like Abner Doubleday. Or, I don't know. I made, I made something up. So I said a bunch of old-timey names. Well, we, you say enough historical baseball names to Kirchin and his pupils dilate, and he, he loses rational thought. So he, he just gobbled that turd right up, and I, I still feel bad about it. And, uh, but anyway, that's not quite as big a breaking story as Charles Barkley being offered Monday Night Football, but I thought I'd share it. I, I think the media is going to pick up on that, Jim. Don't worry about it. The Tim Kirkshin uh, cat poop yes. story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll see. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, Sheena, what else? We got more draft. What else is going on in the draft of note? Yes. So we talked about the first two picks, but the draft chatter really picked up a few weeks ago when the San Francisco 49ers traded three first round picks and a third round pick to Miami to get the third spot in this year's draft. So with the team clearly looking to draft their quarterback of the future, people are wondering where that leaves current Niners quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, what do you what do you think about that, Rich? Uh, I don't think Jimmy's going anywhere. I think uh, Jimmy's going to stay, and um, he's going to be in the role that Alex Smith played uh, in Kansas City after Mahomes was drafted. They're going to sit there and choose somebody third overall, who they I, I think they've identified already. Um, but they're playing it very close to the vest. And I think Garoppolo will stay there. Uh, I think that they would be still a contender with Jimmy there and give him an opportunity to make some hay. And then he'll find a new spot before next year's structure begins. And it'll be a, um, an interesting year plus for Garoppolo and the Niners. Yeah, interesting. I don't know if that's the word that he would use. I mean, you mentioned playing Alex Smith's role. I feel bad for him. I, I think he's playing a different role. I think he, it's fitting that he, he dated an adult performer because he's having the exact same career arc as a porn star. You know, very very popular and successful when he's young, and then suddenly he hits age 30 and he's forced right out of California. And But, you know, like with, with porn, this isn't necessarily the end for him, as you mentioned. It's just a new stage in his career. Jimmy G has to look at himself in the mirror and say, I am now a MILF, and I'm just going to be the best damn MILF I can be. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that take? Um, except for the, you'd have to punch it up. It would have to be a, a, a quilf, right? A quilf? Well, I mean, or quarterback, uh, elf, like QB elf. You know, I don't know how to pronounce that, Jim, but you're the linguist. So you'd probably have a better idea. I think let's go with quilf. Yeah. I like that. It sounds disgusting. It must be good. <laughs> I, you know, I've heard people speculate about that the Niners are hoping to do what the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers. You know, you just you piss off your quarterback so much <laughs> that he responds by performing amazingly just to spite you. Richard, what do you think of the concept of psychologically torturing your quarterback into playing better? You're just pushing a human man to a mental breaking point so that you can better convert on third down. You know, how do you feel? <laughs> do you, will that work? I think so maybe just personally also physically threatening the man could even improve anybody's third down conversion percentage 
Has any team, to your knowledge, tried that? Like just having like uh, questionable, shady characters on the sideline threatening uh, people? That's happened a lot in, in the world of soccer where people have gotten threatened for, for, for missing shots and this and that. I think, uh, to be honest with you, one year, I think the Jets made Tim Tebow put the lotion in the basket before they allowed him to take the field because he just disappeared. In, in an amazing move, uh, he went away from the Jets and the Mets picked him up because, God, you know, God forbid that New York shouldn't have some wild level of dysfunction going on with Tim Tebow. I've told you before I miss him a lot. I miss him so much. I once paid uh, a muscular uh, young man to stand in a, a parking lot and just throw footballs into the dirt to a bunch of church deacons just because I miss Tim Tebow so much. But um, look, if any, if there's any league that would do that, threaten players like that, I mean, it is the NFL you got to imagine at some point last year, somebody was considering going full MK Ultra and force feeding LSD to, to Mitch Trubisky, you know? Yeah, that was me, Jim. Or you suggested that, Sheena. Yeah, Sheena's, she's a big Chicago fan, Rich. Wow. Know? Yeah. But I, I actually, I, I do, to what you guys are saying, maybe not so much threatening, but I think that's what happens with Brady. He's like the comeback rage guy. Like, he plays on rage. Jim, you remember the time where you and Musburger got into that rage-filled um, spat because you argued over the pronunciation of the last name of Ken Turbeck. Oh, yeah. You can understand but using rage as a motivator to be better than your competitor. I absolutely perform much better when I am angry. Before every important broadcast I have, I stare at a picture of Musburger. And if you see me calling a game and I got a bandage on my hand, it's because I, I stared at the picture too long and I punched the mirror. That's what happened there. Understood. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, Brent Musburger is a, is a punk-ass bitch. Um, where do you stand on that? <laughs> I got to stay out of it, Jim. I, I, I adore you both. And I thought we buried that hatchet between the two of you on my show. Costas even got involved. I thought we moved past it, but sorry to have brought it up. That's okay. I'm furious right now, which means the broadcast is going to get much better from here on in because I do like to play angry. But all right, speaking of the Bears, Sheena, what's next? Uh, I mean, the Bears quarterback situation is a thing. So Mitch Trubisky is finally out of the Bears fans' lives, signing a one-year deal to back up Josh Allen in Buffalo. But after rumors swirled that Chicago might trade for Russell Wilson, Bears GM Ryan Pace ended up signing Andy Dalton to a one-year deal and has assured him the starting role. So that's where I'm at right now, personally. Yeah, see... Those Russell Wilson rumors seem like they were designed to just bring extra pain to Bears fans. I mean, to hear that you're going to have one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL and then end up with Andy Dalton. I mean, that's like telling a kid he's getting a PlayStation 5 for Christmas and then he unwraps his gift and it's Andy Dalton. I mean, same disappointment, same amount of crying, same amount of therapy you're going to have to pay for. I, I mean, are you all right, Sheena? Did, did you react this way? Yeah, there was a lot of crying, yes. Rich, when Bears GM Ryan Pace says they've upgraded a quarterback with this move, I mean, is there any part of you that is concerned about Ryan Pace's mental health? I mean, has he developed COVID-19 psychosis? What, what, what is this? He tried to swing for the fence with Russell Wilson and uh, came up empty. And uh, there's not many plan Bs out there. It's entirely possible, though, that if things work, the, in the manner in which we expect them to work. Jimmy Garoppolo played his college in the state of Illinois. He went to Eastern Illinois, and he's kind of a hometown guy. That could be the spot where he winds up if the 49ers decide to just go and draft a 
young quarterback and think he really is the the savior on the spot and can start for them right then and there, and they could still win a Super Bowl this year with a rookie quarterback. That's one of the places to keep an eye on for Garoppolo to show up. Another one is New England for him to go back to there. So you could keep your eye on all those places. You got, you got two eyes, Jim. There's one eye for two different spots. I mean, that would uh, that'd be interesting. So instead of playing the Alex Smith role, if they feel uh, whoever they get, if they feel uh, a Mac Jones or Justin Fields, whoever they end up picking up is ready, you think they might ship them off last minute, huh? That's interesting. It's hardly possible. You never know. And also one year, as you know, Sam Bradford wound up in Minnesota because of an injury in in, uh, in training camp that uh, Teddy Bridgewater suffered. Well, so. nothing happened in Sam Bradford's life that wasn't the result of an injury, Rich. That's, that's <laughs> everything that's ever happened to the man. Yeah, I believe he tore his meniscus walking into an Applebee's. But let's try to help Sheena. Is there anything you can say or do or anything to put this in context that would make Sheena feel better about Andy Dalton? Anything you got for her? Um, Andy Dalton is a great human being. He is uh, beloved by uh, every community in which he's played. Um, he and his wife are very charitable and very giving. Um, he has won championships at the division level, and um, he's just a great guy. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah, okay. Well, how's that? Did that work? How are you feeling, Sheena? He's a nice man. Are you enjoying that? I would rather someone just send me the PlayStation 5. <laughs> I don't blame you at all there. And you can play whatever latest version of Madden there is and, and actually win something. All right, Rich, I know you're sad because we're coming close to the end of the podcast. But to cheer you up, it is time for a little game, little Brockmeyer podcast classic. It's a game we call I Judge Your List. I Judge Your List. And today's category is Top 5 TV theme songs. Okay, so in this game, Rich, this particular version, you're going to give me your top five or something TV theme songs today, and I tell you just how wrong you are and how stupid your list is and how dumb and bad it is. So you're definitely going to lose this game. All right, so here we go. Rich Eisen, top five TV theme songs. Hit me. My first one, Jim, um, is The Rockford Files. It's an absolute instant classic from the uh, 1970s it's a mike post uh hit oh you know you know who wrote it huh wow i do i do I, you, you went straight up my alley here um jim and it's uh disappointing that i've already lost the game before i've even started i hope there is some nice party gift for me at the very end of this but uh, the rockford files is an instant classic jim there's a home version of the game uh rich is a par- lovely party gift which is me just showing up to your house and drinking but um all right so what else you got rockford files not a bad start i'll give you that what else you got um, then we go moving on up, if you will, to the Jeffersons, a terrific theme uh, of the spinoff to the uh, All in the Family hit show back in the day. And I, I think it's terrific. Yeah, now nah, that's a winner. I'll give you the Jeffersons. That's a great song. See, I like any theme song that gives you all the background you need on the show right there. Gilligan's Island, Brady Bunch, Cops. Because yes. I'm tired of having to binge watch 30 hours of TV to catch up on the shows that people watch these days. I just want to be able to turn it on. I hear the song, one minute later, boom, I know all I need to know. Mr. Ed's a talking horse. I'm caught up. Let's go. <laughs> exactly right. You you even know, you even know they give you the location of where the Jeffersons moved on up to the east side. So you're not even confused. Deluxe apartment in the sky. That's right. Exactly. You know exactly what I'm talking about, Jim. So I'm two for two, which is great. You're up to a good start. What else you got there? Uh, another Mike Post gem. Uh, I loved it because I also played the, I had the sheet music 
uh, when I used to play the piano as a young child before I gave it up, much to my dismay and chagrin, uh, Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues is a, a great uh, a great theme song in TV history. Yeah, and Mike Post. Wow, you know who wrote these things. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll give you Hill Street Blues. I'm certainly oh, wow. iconic. Yeah, not as strong as Rockford Files or the, the Jeffersons, but I'll give you Hill Street Blues. What else you got? Okay, here we go. WKRP in Cincinnati. A catchy tune, an 80s tune, and it's one that, um, that I, I defy you not to hum it hours later after hearing it. No, see, now you're dipping. WKRP. Uh-oh. I always felt that song. I always felt like it was a sad song. I mean, it's not actually sad, I guess, but maybe it's just because whenever I heard it, I, I pictured Cincinnati. I don't know. <laughs> it, could be it could be that, but it is. <laughs> it is a little sad if you do listen to the lyrics. If you ever wonder whatever became of me, I'm I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. Cincinnati WKRP. If you're wondering whatever became of me, it is a little sad. Yeah, he left some love behind and went to Cincinnati. That's actually a tragic tale. Because he's tired of packing and unpacking town to town, up and down the dial, you know? Right, right. So, I mean, uh, baby, you and me, if we were ever meant to be, maybe think of me once in a while. When you think about it, Jim, it's it's a tearjerker, but I do like it a lot. Yeah, keyword there is jerker. All right, uh, so rounding out your list. Okay, I, I, honestly, you tell me I'm going to lose, but I think I'm, I'm in good shape here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The strong showing so far, especially with knowing the, the, the composers, is very impressive. No, no other guest has ever done that. So what rounds out? What's number five on your, on your hit parade? The all-time classic. The, uh, one of the greatest theme songs of all time, um, The Odd Couple. Ah, yes. That, who wrote that one? You must know. I don't, I, I'm assuming it's Neil Simon. I don't know. Out of that, I've got... Uh, I've got no, he I've he got wrote it. the play it was based on. He wrote the uh, okay. source material. I believe it was Neil Hefty, if I'm not Neil Hefty! <laughs> I believe it was. <laughs> Jim, Jim, I think, you know, I think you and I might have a, a similar history of New York City Channel 11 late night uh, television viewing. I think I think you might be correct in Neil Hefty. Yes. And then, of course, as we all know, he went on to invent uh, the, the garbage bag. That's which, true. Uh, another one of his greatest hits. I think he's but I think Neil's last name is spelled with an I, not a Y, um, if I'm correct in remembering. So <laughs> you may be right. Well, uh, Rich, I will give you credit for one thing. What is that? It seems like you stopped watching television in the year 1988, <laughs> which I definitely appreciate. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but they don't make TV theme songs like they used to. I don't think they do it at all. Like, if you ever watch Billions, it's just like some sort of noise. Couldn't agree more. They they make them, but they've taken a big nosedive. Like you they mentioned, Bill, Breaking Bad, wonderful show. The theme song sounded like someone was tuning a guitar in a truck stop bathroom. Correct. You see what I'm saying? Game of Thrones, though, is pretty damn good. If you want to go contemporary, that has got a great open. You know, you know what show it is when you hear Game of Thrones. Curb Your Enthusiasm is a good 21st century theme. You know that, too. These are back in the days where composers composed them with lyrics and everything of that nature. So, I mean, it's just not the same. Uh, as a result, a very good effort. Uh, with you. But unfortunately, I have to pass judgment and declare this a very bad list. It's a bad <laughs> list, Rich Eisen. It's no good. I'm very sorry, but you know why you're automatically disqualified? Why is that, Jim? Because you omitted the Love Boat theme song. Oh, I almost did it, by the way. Uh, well, you should have. Because that song, man, it just makes you want to dance. It makes you want to fall in love. True. It, it's so good that whenever I hear that song, I want to get on a cruise ship. 
Even though the last time I did that, I got Legionnaire's disease and I threw up on a magician in the middle of his act. You know, but people just thought it was part of the show. They actually applied. I know. And what and what other theme song will make you think that Fanny Flag and Vic Tabak can fall in love? You know what I mean? So <laughs> you never know. You know, you never knew with the love boat back in the day, you know? It's true. Nice pulls there. Vic Tabak, <laughs> Mel, of course, from Alice, and Fanny yes. Flag, I, mostly from the match game, I guess. Yes, she was. She was always in the bottom row, Jim. She was always in the bottom row. Never up top. That was Brett Summers and Jack Klugman. They, you know, real-life lovers, not love boat lovers. I think it was Jack Klugman and Charo um, that were the love boat lovers, if I'm not mistaken. The hoochie-coochie girl herself. Hoochie-coochie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, Rich, you know, you love, boy, you love these theme songs. You know who wrote them. Does your show have a theme song like that? Do you have a theme I song? I don't know. You know, again, it's a it's a 21st century. Um, we don't have many theme music. Costs money now, Jim. Um, I own my own show now. So I've got to I've got to cut corners where I can just to put a great, terrific product on every every day. I'm not going to hire a composer to come up. Well, you know what? Uh, let me help you out. I bet I could write a Rich Eisen theme song. Right Please. Now. How hard could it be? I could just do it right now. Okay. Let me just give, take a whack at this. Count me in on this, uh, Sheena. Count me in. No problem. Come on, just count me in. Three, two, one. Eisen, he'll talk some sports today. Eisen, from here to Tampa Bay. Eisen, he'll put the pies in. The oven to bake, caution filling is hot takes from Eisen. He's got a big bald lid, Eisen. <laughs> Katamari, it's just squid, Eisen. <laughs> He'll get his thighs in the next time he works out on his legs at the gym. What do you think, Rich? Fantastic. I, 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 I need the rights to that, Jim. Uh, immediately. You got um, them. As a thank you for all the times you've been so kind to me, you can just soar, just take it, soar with it. And again, for you to come up with that off the top of your head like that, you know, especially since calamari is a squid. <laughs> it is. It's informative too. It's accurate. You know, I mean, to, to rhyme with lid with squid is next level stuff, Jim. <laughs> I thought that was excellent. I like it a lot. Thank you. You're very welcome. I don't really get it, Jim. I don't, what? You don't get it? What don't you get about it? What is the thing about him putting pies in? Well, very few words rhyme with eyes in, Sheena. What, you, you, you're okay with getting the thighs in, but the pies in, you question? What kind of a note is that, Sheena? And, and plus, I think, uh, you know, pies in, you bake all, all the time, don't you? Do you bake? Absolutely. Much? And uh, when I work on my legs, I get my thighs in. So exactly. <laughs> you are, you're, you're, once again, you go straight to the heart of the matter and you know me, Jim. I feel like we've known each other a long time, which we have. So you know me. So again, I appreciate that opening, that theme song. Now, if, feel free to soar with that. And enough of this let Russ cook. I say let Rich bake. <laughs> so, uh, Rich. <laughs> thank you, Jim. Thank you so much for being on this podcast today, which is just a radio show. But uh, let's call mm -hmm. it a podcast. I'm sure we'll be talking again soon to discuss... Uh, how much money you actually are going to have to pay me for that new theme song. But uh, no, no, no. Honestly, that, that's uh, take that with you. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Rich. You're uh, wonderful as always. Thanks for having me, Jim. All right, that's all for today's show. We'll be back in two weeks with our next episode. And I, am I forgetting something, Sheena? I feel like I am. Subscribe, rate, and review. Yes, lather, rinse, repeat. Right, subscribe, rate, review, folks, however you, you do that. But positive reviews only, please. 
I have 2.7 kids to support. Let me tell you something. Little point seven. he is a real little money pit. Oh, hey, I want to thank our friends at Funny or Die who have made this whole thing possible. They've been wonderful to me over the years. They are producers on this show as well. And shout out to them because uh, we wouldn't be here without them. And also, maybe now their legal department will get off my fucking ass. So thanks a lot, Funny or Die. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.